Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Joe Polizzi. He is the founder and CEO of the Content Marketing Institute and the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Content Inc., How Entrepreneurs Use Content to Build Massive Audiences and Create Radically Successful Businesses. So, Joe, thanks for joining me. John, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, business owners are just so tired of this whole idea of content. I, I know you're not. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't afford to be. But a lot of folks are like, okay, content this, content that, whatever. Um, but you're, this is not just another book about, yeah, you need to be producing content. I mean, what you're actually proposing here is an entire business model, aren't you? I think that this, if you're a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup, that's what's amazing when we were doing the research for this book. We actually went out to small businesses, to startups, entrepreneurs that had minimal resources, and we were trying to find to see if there were any similarities between what these companies were doing that were so successful and taking this content marketing approach. And that was the amazing thing, John, that we found. There actually is a step-by-step method that you can look at and build content marketing sort of as this approach, as this business model. And as you say, what we found were some things that are not what small, most small businesses are doing. It's not like we're publishing everywhere on all these different channels. It's very much a strategic approach where we can figure out where can we find a content niche that we actually have a fighter's chance of breaking through and building an audience over time. And then once we build that loyal audience that knows, likes, and trusts us, then we can monetize it. Then we can grow our business. Then we can sell more products or consulting services or whatever we're trying to do. And so few businesses, unfortunately, are using this method. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's counterintuitive, right? I mean, because everybody thinks, well, you create a product or you create a service and, and you figure out how to get it out there and see if you can get people to buy it. And, and I think – this model suggests that, no, you build this loyal community that thinks what you're doing has some value to them, and they'll tell you what to actually make. It's interesting. And, you know, Brian Clark from Copyblogger is a good friend. I mean, you and I have both done variations of this model as well, which you actually think, you know, most businesses get out there and think, oh, we have the most amazing product in the world or the most amazing service in the world. And, of course, people are going to buy it. But yet, if you look at the success rate of most businesses – it's terrible. We have to do better than that. If you look at any company any of any size that are using content marketing, the failure rate is just astounding. And I think it's because they're just not doing it right. I think you have to figure out, look, what is, uh, you know, what is an area that we could actually cut through all this clutter, all this content that's out there, all this, uh, all this stuff that's battling for our customers' attention? Well, if we do build this loyal audience, if we do focus on a content niche where they can actually know, like, and trust us, they will tell us what to sell. It's having that patience then that most small businesses don't do where – they start creating all this content. They start a blog. They start a podcast. They do a video series, and they think, okay, well, in three months, what's my result? But you've got to remember, this is publishing. This is a media model, and if you use a media model, it takes sometimes 12 months to build a loyal audience that makes it pay off. A lot of people think that's a long time, but actually from, from a business standpoint, it's not. But you have to keep doing this patient, this consistency of content where – I, we see all these businesses, and you and I have talked about it before, where they're just saying, "Oh, well, let's go do Facebook, yeah. let's let's go let's go produce a blog, let's go do all this stuff," and it's all over the place. It's on all different topics. Most of the content is talking about their own products and services, and nobody cares about that. But if we can actually sort of flip the model in reverse, 
I think that we're going to greatly increase our odds and lower our risk at the same time if we do this. And that's why I'm so excited about the book and the idea that, oh my God, there really is a six-step model that these companies are following that we can actually maybe, instead of like me, which was, was I don't know how it was for you, but it was sort of a, uh, a happy accident that we sort of fell into this model. And that's what we found in a lot of the case studies in the book. It was just a happy accident. They actually fell upon this model. Oh, yeah, this is the way you do it. Well, now that we've sort of documented the process, maybe we can shorten that time period for people that use this model. Yeah, and I think I think intuitively, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I I didn't say, oh, I'm going to build a content model. Um, I you know intuitively knew though that valuable content that educated people was going to get was going to be the way for people to see me as different. So I think there, and I and I I would guess that a lot of people just intuitively saw this as a good path. You know, whether or not they saw it as as you know this revolutionary model, you know, is is probably only proven out in hindsight. Yeah, oh yeah, that's absolutely true. I think they felt, hey, if I communicate with my customers in this manner and in everything I'm communicating with them, which really is our only differentiator today, it's truly valuable, it's truly helpful, and then you actually build an audience. And that's where we, we talk in the book about getting away from all these vanity metrics, get away from the likes, get away from the web traffic, and focus on subscribers, just like a media company would. How do you build those subscribers over time? And then you will see a behavior change in those subscribers that engage in your content on a consistent basis versus those that don't. And, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, it's just, you, you know, it's the right way to go. And it seems so simple. The model to me, actually, it's almost scary when you and I talk about it because I'm like, it just seems so simple. And yet the majority of companies don't do this. And coming from a publishing background, it just feels like the right way to go. That's the right way that you did it. But yet 99.9% of the business out there, they're just spreading content all over the place because they can publish so they feel they should be publishing. Yeah, and so let me ask you that because I think a lot of people are drowning in this stuff now. Not only the people that are that feel the pressure to put it out there, but the people that are out there consuming. I mean, uh, I, you know, we used to get uh, – we would do webinars, for example. We'd get, you know, 80% show-up rates, you know, and, and, and now, you know, I mean uh, – a good model is if you get 20% of the people to show up who signed up because they're signing up for everything and they've got all this stuff coming at them. I mean, is there really still I, – I know the answer to this, but I have to tease this up for you. <laughs> is, there, okay. is there really still an opportunity uh, to do this or has the ship sort of sailed? No, I actually think because there's no barriers to entry and yeah. because our consumers, our customers are completely in charge of the buying process today. They have all the information at their fingertips, 24-7 smartphone device, whatever the case is. So the opportunity to get in front of that audience is as good as it as it ever has been. The challenge is you have to actually tell a different story. Yeah. Like when we go in when we go in and we talk to a small business, I talk to an entrepreneur and they start going through their okay, here's what we're going to talk about, here's our story, we're going to do it on a blog or we're going to do a podcast and we really take an honest look at it. They're talking about the same things that everyone else is. Yeah. You have to t- actually tell a different story. And, you, and to do that, you have to focus on a small enough audience. And a lot of businesses will say, oh, well, I want to target as many people as we possibly can. And if your content is for everybody, it's for nobody. Right. So let's make sure we focus on an area that you actually have a fighter's chance to break through all that clutter. If you do that, the model will actually prove its worth. If you go broad, you will absolutely fail. 
So you actually have a term for that. I think you call it uh, tilt, the content call tilt. The, right? the content tilt. Yeah. yeah. So the first two – so there's six steps of the model. The first two steps are actually building and documenting your content marketing strategy. So you start with the sweet spot. You know, On the one side, what is that passion that you have as an organization or an individual or what is that significant customer pain point that you're going to tackle? And on the other side, where do you have an authority to communicate? What is the knowledge or skill area that you actually have? Now – that's the sweet spot, and that's where most people stop. They actually start publishing from that point. But you have to take one more step, and that's what we call the content tilt. And that's where you sort of tilt your head a little bit, look at that sweet spot in a different way where you can actually find a content area of little to no competition. And that's what nobody does. And that's what we have like nine different activities in the book that we talk about that you can actually say, hey, look, that's the sweet spot, but what is that area that's going to be – that's going to get us attention quicker than we could possibly get it because we're talking about something in a different way that nobody else is talking about. And that's the opportunity. And, that, and you can reach the audience, of course, better than ever before. But you have to be really specific with what that story is. And just real quick, because we work with these super big billion-dollar companies. That's the biggest problem we find. Like They'll say, oh, hey, here's our, here's our blog post. Here's our blog schedule. Here's what we're talking about. And then we actually get to an honest conversation. And I say, do you know that like – that day alone, there'll be 30 posts on that exact same thing with that exact same point of view. And you're not sharing anything differently. There's no way that anybody's going to notice what you're saying. You have to take a different approach to it. And, and I suspect that's the most important element, quite frankly. Um, and yet it's probably the hardest for people to wrap their heads around. I, I, I'll give a really hopefully useful but brief uh, example. Um, when I started publishing, I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted to publish about marketing. I wanted to publish about, I don't think we called it inbound marketing, but at the time, but you know, that, that educational approach to marketing and whether I saw this as my tilt or not, um, I just started saying my point of view, as I call it, was that marketing is a system and, and nobody was really characterizing it that way. And, and so again, whether it was a happy accident or not, I think it's a it has served me extremely well as a differentiator until, you know, basically I launched and, and got the notoriety that we got. And I think that that's, I think that's a, a good simple example of taking something like marketing and saying, okay, how can you package it somehow differently? Well, and then, and then <laughs> on to that point, I mean, ours is some, some, a lot of people will ask, say, hey, Joe, what was your content tilt? Well, right. we, we took an area. So, so content marketing has been around for hundreds of years, as you know. It's been yep. called many different things, a con, uh, custom publishing, custom content, custom media, branded content, if you will. We took it and we repositioned it and said, no, this is called content marketing. This is why it's called content marketing. And we just started, you know, I started my blog April 26th of 2007, and the first post was, why content marketing? And that was the only time I ever said, you know, this is what we're going to call it. And from that moment on, that's what we called it. And it, gave, yeah. and it got us that interest because we called it something different. And I think that you just have to look. That's one way to do the content tilt. And I'll tell you a quick story because I think it's relevant. So I was working with a pet supplies company. And you know they, were, they really wanted to do a blog. And they wanted to do this blog. And they wanted to analyze all these different pet supplies and give their take on it. And I said, okay, that's great. Do you realize that you're up head to head against the Petco's and the Pet Smarts of the world, and you are not going to have a chance to cut through these billion dollar budgets? And we actually started to look at some of the things that we sold. They, they sold, 
And we realized that they had a whole division of products that were revolved around people that like to travel with their pets. Mm. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So we talked about that a little bit, and we got to the point where we're actually targeting people who have dogs that like to travel in RVs. By the way, there's a magazine called RVs and Dogs. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. But that – but think about that. That's how niche we have to get. Yeah. And it, you know, that type of approach is very successful instead of this broad pet supplies where you're not going to get notoriety. But if you are really targeting a very niche audience with a niche concept, you break through right away. And just you just have to take that step, almost like the Huffington Post model. Like people say, how did Huffington Post get so big? I mean, they've got 200, 300 blogs. I said, did you know they started with one? Right. They started with one blog to one very specific audience with one specific content mission. And they built a minimum viable audience on that channel, and then they went to the second one. So we have to target one audience with one different story instead of saying, oh, if you have three or four different audiences and you have a blog going to those same three or four, you absolutely will fail. It won't work. Yeah, and, and, and a great um, you know, add-on to that is now that uh, RV pet, company can now start doing you know people like to travel with their cats and maybe, that's you know, right once you build that, that that notoriety and i think once that you've got something you get some absolutely you, you get something and that's where it works out to really focus on that platform you know one content type in one particular flat platform consistently deliver over time very simple publishing model but it works in almost every case so one of the things I see a lot of people struggle with, even the people that are bought into this idea is that they're like okay we're going to produce lots of great content but I think um, it, it's this idea of, of the intention for the content. So a lot of content I see it, it fits into two buckets. Either content, you're, you're, I'm trying to create awareness. I'm trying to have you find me and know that I exist. And then content where I'm, I'm trying to get you to buy something. Um, but I think we all know that the way people make decisions, this customer journey, involves, I think, very, very different types of content. Um, example I use all the time is an FAQ page is a form of content, but somebody doesn't usually consume the FAQ page until they've made the decision to like, okay, how's this going to work for me? Mm-hmm. You know, how's this tool? They're, they're not going to the FAQ page, you know, right off the bat. So how do you, how do you, um, as part of this model, how do you view content as kind of the guide for the entire customer journey? My my real belief is, and this is where I think, and I, I fell down when I first started as well, is just focusing on a lot of activity and and thinking that activity that you're doing actually will equal success. Yeah. It does that does not happen. So let's let's talk about that with the journey. What we found, and what we found in all the case studies in the book, is that if you actively try to build an audience and get that first connection, and specifically, email is the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all these situations, it's actually creating an email database, which becomes your future customer database. Right. And then you start to collect your data on that. So what we found, like, and I'll give you an example from Content Marketing Institute. What we know is if somebody signs up for our email newsletter, that's just step one. We're not going to sell them anything at that point because we don't have much of a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. What we've learned is if they sign up for at least three things, so let's say e-newsletter, then they sign up for our magazine chief content officer, then they sign up for, let's say, a podcast or a webinar. Once they get to that n- magic number of three, 
they're much more likely to pay to go to an event like Content Marketing World. They're much more likely to pay for our online training. It's that three. is it? So that's the data that we're using that we understand that that gets them into a relationship with us and that there are a certain point in their buyer's journey that they'll actually be open to buying something from us. So that's why I like to bring everything back to, you know, don't just think about likes and web traffic and all this other stuff. Think about building an audience, building a subscriber that knows, likes, and trusts you, and then ultimately we'd be more likely to buy from you. So I hope I totally want people to think about how do I build an asset out of my marketing instead of just looking at it as an expense. So uh, let's talk about money then. <laughs> yeah. um, because one of the challenges, of course, is in a perfect world, you will bring a content team together and you'll produce all kinds of incredible assets for six months. And then you'll you know discover what people want. And all, you know, all the while, you're not eating. <laughs> so uh, you know, how do you kind of think about monetizing this approach, particularly inside of a, an existing business, perhaps, or inside of a business where you're trying to, you know, maybe change the, the culture? Um, you know, how, how do you need to start thinking about, uh, in the Content Inc. world, um, monetizing uh, the, the fact that you're now producing great content? So yeah, let's look at both of them because I think they're very different. Because if you look at a startup that using this as a business model is very different than a, an right. existing business where you actually have to be patient with it. Yeah. So the way that it, we look at it as an existing business is using the Content Inc. model as a pilot program or a beta test of some kind. Mm. Because you have to get – basically, if you go into the chief executive and you say, look, <laughs> this this is going to take some time to do. And if you go in and say, I need 18 months, they'll probably fire you. Yeah. You're probably not going to have a chance. So you have to go in and say, look, this is going to take some time. I need six months. Here's the things we think we can accomplish in six months, things like – Hey, we know we can get found in search engines. Very important for overall awareness and getting people to our website that ultimately want to buy our product. That's great. We're going to try to get to this minimum amount, let's say, of subscribers and people that we get start getting their data about. So you can show these mid-level indicators that will get you through the first six months because it's the next six months, the next nine months that are really going to lead to monetization. So I love the idea of the pilot program. We've used it many times in like large manufacturing operations where they're not used to doing this. And we say, hey, look, let's beta test this. Let's do the pilot program to one specific audience. Let's get initial buy-in with the, the powers that be. Let's come back to them with realistic reporting every six months so we get more and more budget. Pilot program is definitely the way to go. For a startup, it's different. For a startup, you actually just have to figure out how do I keep the lights on and how do I keep feeding my kids over the first you know yeah. year of this thing working because what we found out with all the 50-plus examples that we talk about in the book, it generally takes over 12 months. Right. So you're like, well, what do I do? I mean – what I what I did and what a lot of people do that are in the book, you know, they did a little consulting on the side. <laughs> they did, you know, you you do right. you do you, you sell you sell a few things that are going to make sense. You sell some initial sponsorships that maybe you you sell at a lower level than you would normally sell, just to keep the lights on until you get to that point of a minimum viable audience, which is different for everyone. For us, it was ten thousand people. For Matthew Patrick from Game Theory, that does a very popular video show. On YouTube, his minimum viable audience was 500,000, but he's targeting a very different audience than we are at 10,000, which is a B2B audience. So you have to sort of focus on what that is, and then you'll know, okay, now we can go ahead. Now we can start to sell this thing that we wanted to sell or this. We've been talking to our customers, and they start telling us exactly what they're willing to buy from us. Yeah, and I, and I think that that you can actually, you know, 
again, I think sometimes people look at this and it's like pure content, build the subscribers. But I think you can actually – I know what I did you know, early on was to actually, start, like you said, do consulting but, but use the consulting I was doing as sort of the laboratory for developing mm-hmm. the products and services that I wanted to sell. You can look at all of it as, as kind of a discovery process. You don't have to just say, well, I'm going to go over here while this other thing's working. I think, you, I think the key mindset is that you know, how do all these things you know, come together <laughs> to support each other? And, and I think that's, that's a powerful way to look at it because you can make money doing that. A- absolutely. I mean the way that we you – know, when I launched Content Marketing Institute, we we didn't have much. We had no name. I mean, it was a brand new thing. And I went out to relationships I had in the marketplace, and I created what was called the bene- our benefactor package, where we I got them to buy in, and I said, "Look, I'm selling the dream here. Mm-hmm. This is what we're trying to do. We're targeting an audience that you want to reach. If you come in at this level with me and help fund this thing on a monthly basis, this is what you get." And we limited it. We only had five opportunities for that. And we were able to sell those out pretty quickly because I sold it as a limited inventory opportunity. Now, at the time, I was just desperate for money. I mean, I really just wanted to make this thing, help this thing survive. But what we found out was, wow, that's, that was pretty amazing. And now we've got 10 benefactors. We've never had one open for more than a day. It always sells out. And that limited inventory model is something I think all people can look at if they're trying to build an audience as long as you position it correctly. And that's where you bring in partnerships. So I want to – I know we've been talking really roughly about the book. But I, I, I want to bring it you know, back to uh, – this is an awesome, awesome read. This is a read everyone should read uh, regardless of, uh, of you know, whether or not they're going to go all in on a Content Inc. type of business. But um, you you've did something in this book that I think is really useful. <laughs> the the appendixes. A lot of times appendixes are you know kind of thrown in afterthought, but uh, you, the, they're probably worth the read, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, alone. And, and maybe your publisher doesn't want to hear that, <laughs> but uh, but but I think that that's uh, I, you know that to me just adds uh, additional value. So you know you have the the one appendix about um, you know the. Uh, the blogging guidelines for you know contributors. I mean, I think that's I think, I think even if somebody is not going to write for you, but they want to see how to actually write a guideline for uh, for guest blogging, uh, I think it's brilliant uh, uh, as far as that goes. And then you have your whole publishing process, how you do it. I mean, it uh, uh, you, very very useful guides all by themselves. Well, what's interesting about it is, and a lot of people actually question me on the whole book about the fact that I, this is my business plan. And like, if somebody said, Joe, like, what? How do you run Content Marketing Institute? your business plan? I said, well, just read the book. Right. Everything's in there. I don't have anything left. I actually probably can't write another book, John, because <laughs> I've, got no- I've got nothing left. I put it all in there. And I wanted to put that in the appendix because there are two significant areas on the publishing process as well as the contributor model. A lot of people don't know how to get started, yeah. but they're the easiest ways to get going if you want to think of, look, let's say that you're not a prolific content creator. Let's say it's not natural to you. Well, there's a lot of people in your industry that you might have relationships with that are they can help you. Let's them bring them into the fold. Here's the process for how to get that done. So, uh, thanks for noticing that. <laughs> that. I, pre- I appreciate it because that's, I mean, that's core to how we run our business. Obviously, you do the same thing at Duct Tape. Um, it's just figuring this thing out, and then you don't have to search around and say, "How do I make this happen?" It's like it's right there. Here's the guy. Just do this. Yeah, awesome. So we're talking with Joe Polizzi, author of Content Inc. How Entrepreneurs Use Content to Build Massive Audiences and Create Radically Successful Businesses. You have a website, content-inc, I think it is, That's correct, content-inc.com. You can get it. You know, There's a free chapter there. There's a free ebook, and you can get to all the ways that you want to buy the audiobook, ebook, or print book, whatever, whatever which way you like to do it. We've got it for you. 
Well, Joe, awesome book. I know it will do well and uh, kind of spread the the content marketing uh, world message uh, really farther and wider. So I appreciate you joining me, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll bump into you out there on the road, um, and uh, and you know maybe uh, maybe uh, catch a, a an Indians Royals game at some. Point. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Hey, John, thanks for all the support. Super appreciate it. 